You're listening to Inside the Village, where all news is local and no topic is off limits. So help me, Bob, it's bully in the alley. Hey, bully in the alley. So help me, Bob. This is Inside the Village for the week of January the 17th, 2024, our first episode of the new year alongside Michael Friscoletti, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. Uh, Derek Turner, Executive Producer, is in the room as well. I'm Scott Sexsmith. Here we are. It is the kickoff to season three. Do you believe it? I, I can't believe it. And all I can think about is this table we were just talking about. I'm torn. Um, it's lower, yes. which is nicer. This, the, the chairs, we got new chairs. They're certainly more comfortable. Yes. Easier uh, to get in. But we, I think we talked about this uh, at the end of last year. I feel like I'm sitting at the kids' table. Yeah, like a Christmas dinner, like the kiddies' table. Right. I'm not sure. I mean, it looks great. It is easier to get in the chair, and I guess it goes with the cool screen. It's more compact. Yeah, it is more compact. Because we need to be closer to each other. Though. We, we do need to be closer to each other. <laughs> that was a problem. Now, a couple of issues. It's kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff. With the introduction of the third camera, you're seeing more mm-hmm. of us than you typically would. Oh. Right? Untucked shirts, jeans. <laughs> Lucky. It's a good thing there's no shot of the feet because they, they you know, the viewers would see the flip-flops that we sport. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll turn my me. legs a little bit so that nobody <laughs> sees those. Yeah, it's great. Well, we might have to, we have to think some more. Maybe we'll put a poll out on the, on this episode and see what our, see what our listeners think. We should do that. Uh, yeah. Option A, big table. Option B, small table. Uh, option C, new hosts. New hosts. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. Option <laughs> D. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we are back. It is the uh, kickoff to the uh, third season. Uh, hard to believe, but uh, here we are. Uh, and some exciting news uh, across the Village Media Network as we're set to launch yet another new site. Yeah. First, just to your point, I agree. uh, Season three is very exciting. We've been doing this for a long time and we said it last at the end of last year, but just going through the episodes, just such a wide variety of topics that we tackle and different uh, interesting people that come on the show. We have some good ones in the pipe coming for this year already. And uh, I really think we're going to raise our game and and have even better uh, discussions and and more topical things. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's been a great run. I think we're going to do some great things in 2024. Um, Speaking of 2024, like you said, we have officially uh, uh, put it out there that we're launching a new site in Flamborough, which is part right. of Hamilton. Yes. Flamborough Today. Your stomping grounds. Yeah, my old stomping grounds, flamboroughtoday.com. If you go to that site now, it's a placeholder and it tells you that we're coming. You can already sign up for our daily uh, email newsletter, which comes out every day at 3 o'clock, which is if you're a person who's interested in what's going on in Flamborough, you're going to want to subscribe to this newsletter. The launch date isn't official yet, but we're working hard at it, and we're super excited to be going there. Kind of, uh, if you look at a map, Flamborough's right beside Burlington, right okay. where, where we already are. Yep. And on kind of the, the upper side is is Cambridge and into, into Guelph. So we're excited to be kind of in the middle and between those, and it kind of grows our our footprint in the Halton area, also Niagara down the road. So it's. Uh, it's just great. I mean, we've uh, I can't even think how many different sites we've launched in the two years I've been here, but it's really super exciting. And uh, I know we're already hearing from people down there who are uh, who are pumped about it. And uh, launch date locked in, or are we? I think we're still floating it around, so we don't want to reveal those details right. just yet. Uh, we'll keep that under but wraps. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll, we'll say it first here on Inside the Village. All right, good stuff. And uh, another tidbit: it may not be the first launch that we have coming. There could be others. May not. You're right. We could have a lot of others. Who knows, right? There's right. Lot, lots of crazy things going on in the industry right now. And uh, uh, if you if you uh, follow us in your local community and you you know the kind of journalism we do, or where we hit the ground and we're, we're covering what's going on right in your communities, right in your neighborhoods, and there's a lot of places in Ontario that that are 
that are thirsty for that kind of journalism, for that kind of news coverage. So we're keeping our eyes open to potential possibilities, and uh, we'll see what happens. And speaking of news coverage, uh, we continue to shine uh, at the ledge, as a friend of the show, uh, Vic Fideli, calls it, uh, <laughs> with the uh, crack staff uh, at the Trillium. Yeah, the Trillium, they're almost a year old. They'll celebrate their first anniversary next month in February. Uh, just an amazing story how that came together. And it's just been so awesome to see the work that they do and, and how it fits in with the local journalism we're doing in our communities. And uh, as you've been working on the last couple of months, we've launched this Trillium Talk uh, feature. We kind of soft launched it, tried it right. out. It's been great. So it's now officially every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. It's going to be you sitting down with one of the journalists from the Trillium, kind of going over the week that was in Ontario politics and the week ahead. And uh, I love these segments because – you know, I think so highly of all our journalists here, and Trillium is no exception. They're just super smart, and they're super uh, uh, knowledgeable of what's going on. And uh, these interviews are just, if you care at all about what's going on in the province, you want to spend a few minutes Sunday morning listening to these interviews. Uh, they just bring you up to speed on so many different important subjects. And in a way that's engaging that we can all understand, it kind of reminds you of like the U.S. Sunday morning talk shows. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's been great. And like uh, you guys, I know you guys have worked hard on it, you and Derek. And uh, it worked really well in the first couple of months we tried it out. And so now it has an official time slot. It's there. It's, uh, you know, in the TV guide. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You may have just dated yourself. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I said TV, TV guide. guide. What is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if you're a political junkie, I mean, the, the, this is three, four, five, six minutes that you want to spend watching yeah. every Sunday morning. Uh, they are so smart and so in tune yeah. uh, with what's going on at Queen's Park. What have you enjoyed about doing that segment? Uh, I've enjoyed the various personalities. First of all, you're right. They are so smart and they know so much about what's going on um, in Ontario politics. Um, it's, it's the behind the scenes stuff that you may not see written uh, in their articles and stories. Um, so you kind of feel like you're eavesdropping a little bit on a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Snay, uh, Jess, Aiden, uh, Jack, uh, and of course, Charlie Pinkerton, <laughs> one of the greatest names in journalism. Uh, they're just a great uh, a great bunch of people who do tremendous work. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I really enjoyed seeing it. It was officially launched uh, this last Sunday at 8 a.m. So look for it every Sunday morning. All right. Sunday mornings at 8 across the Village Media Network. All right, let's get to uh, today's show. Uh, this, as we sit here, uh, is Snowmobile Safety Week across the province of Ontario. And Lisa Stackhouse uh, from the OFSC is going to join us. Yeah, personally, Scott, I'm not much of a snowmobiler, but uh, I think there's lots of interesting things to talk about. And I know that uh, as we were talking to Derek, there's hundreds of thousands of people in Canada that do love to snow machine. So uh, lots to talk about. Yeah, almost 600,000 or just over 600,000. I Crazy. never would have guessed that. All right, Lisa Stackhouse, the Director of Programs and Partnerships at the OFSC, joins us next when Inside the Village returns right after this. Reporters, editors, and journalists who go the extra mile to get the story and get it right. Go behind the scenes with those who cover the stories that matter most to you and your community. Look for it in the Village Features section of your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. Welcome back to Inside the Village, across the Village Media Network, alongside Michael Friscalanti, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Sexsmith. Very pleased to be joined uh, on the show today uh, by Lisa Stackhouse. Lisa is the Director of Programs and Partnerships at the OFSC. Lisa, great to see you. Welcome to Inside the Village. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. We're excited you're here. We're in the middle of Snowmobile Safety Week. Uh, Lisa, what is the big message to uh, snowmobilers this week? 
Well, our most important message is really just as clubs are working hard uh, to make the most of what winter brought us over the last week or so to constantly check the interactive trail guide um, that's available both online from our website and you can also get it, uh, the Go Snowmobiling app through Apple and Google Play stores as well. Now, uh, this is an unusually late start to winter. Uh, as you know, Lisa, we're based in Sault Ste. Marie, and it was only two weeks ago that uh, we were seeing green grass. Have you ever seen a late start like this? Um, we have. Uh, this is very cyclical in nature. It's not the first time. Uh, certainly all snowmobilers and our volunteers were anxiously awaiting uh, winter to make its presence known, which happened over the last, as I mentioned, week ago. Um, but some years we have early starts, late starts. We can have prolonged deep freeze cold with little snow, lots of snow, not as much cold. Uh, so we do see this. And uh, that's why it's really important at all times that snowmobilers are, are constantly checking to see what is available. The real important message um just because there's snow, it doesn't mean trails are available for snowmobilers to ride. So that's really, really important and why the message this year for Safety Week is around that. Can we build on that a bit, Lisa, because it's something I don't really understand. Maybe some of our other listeners don't. There's about 30,000 kilometers of trails, right, that you guys maintain. Yep. So different clubs maintain different trails. And so what needs to be done for it to kind of get the green light that this is a trail you can go on? Wow, that's that's a year round process. So there's a there's a number of behind the scene things that take place even before snow flies. Uh, this is a 12 month year operation. Uh, so for property that runs on private or municipal land, we need to secure land use permission to first have access to those trails. Uh, in the off season, there's things like brushing, trail prep. We do a lot of infrastructure projects. They think bridges, culverts, things like that. And then, like I said, that prolonged cold is really important to have that ground ground freeze. Uh, before the snow flies and then um, groomers get out and uh, the volunteers know the trails best on the ground uh, and then trails will be turned from red which is unavailable uh, to yellow limited availability or we have some trails now showing as green available and all of those definitions and what they mean are found on ofsc.on.ca but regardless if the trail is yellow or green, snowmobilers are, are always reminded to ride with care and control, proceed with caution, and remember this is all occurring in a natural wilderness environment, not an engineered roadway. For sure. So it's today is January 16th. How many kilometers are green? Well, if you give me one second, I can check right now. Uh, so we have 1,900, um, just about shy of 2,000 kilometers. Mm -hmm. um, I do know in speaking with many of our districts, they are working hard uh, with what Mother Nature has brought us. And uh, we expect to see that number increase over the next few days into the weekend. Again, that caution, riders are urged to check the routes. And if you're using the app in the pro version, you can save the routes and you'll be notified as that trail status changes. Mm -hmm. Does it always get to the point where you hit all 30,000 kilometers are ready to go? Not always. Um, certainly there are a number of, of issues that, that can prevent that from happening. We do peak sometimes around 97% of trail availability. Uh, it your guess is as good as mine as to where we'll land this winter. Um, but there's generally always riding opportunities somewhere in Ontario. And as I like to say, there is always snow in Ontario. And now I think we all agree that's true. Uh, can we just talk about safety, other safety issues, right? The, every time of this year, we also hear from the OPP, you know, warning us, warning snowmobilers. Not same thing as cars. Don't drink and ride. Right. Yep. You know, be careful of the ice. How important is that message to get across? Uh, it's really important. And the, and the OPP's message is obviously um, coming from the OPP. Uh, we've tried to uh, launch a bit more of a consumer-friendly message around the ABCs uh, of safe snowmobiling. And you will see more of that come up in February. Uh, we will be having an Ontario Safety Blitz uh, over Family Day long weekend. 
And it's really, as you mentioned, abstaining from alcohol and drugs uh, until the sleds are parked for the night. Uh, don't partake in that and, and be prepared for the unexpected. That natural wilderness environment, uh, even a groomed trail can present unforeseen. Uh, so riding with caution within your own ability, uh, that's really important. When I go snowmobiling, I certainly don't try and keep up with with high milers who have a lot more experience than I do. And, and I ride within my ability, uh, not what others are doing. Uh, Lisa, uh, research tells us there's about 600,000 registered snowmobiles uh, in Canada. Uh, what's what's the future look like? Do you see that number growing exponentially? Um, and then, of course, that may lead to a bit of a climate uh, change uh, question that we'll weave in. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I know we don't like to talk about the pandemic. I certainly don't. Um, but we saw exponential growth uh, in snowmobiling. And, and I think it's true across other power sports and, and outdoor activities throughout COVID. Um, we were at one point the only allowable winter recreation activity. So we saw a lot of folks whose lives got less busy uh, join snowmobiling. It's got a high entry point, high cost to enter. And um, I would say we're seeing that normalize now, a bit of a correction coming out of that. And we'll have to monitor what's happening over the next few years. And, and your stats, Scott, that you mentioned, we look to the OEMs, the manufacturers, to see what they're experiencing across North America. And that's why we're involved heavily with the groups like ISMA, CCSO, and things like that. So I don't want to dwell on the uh, on the climate change, but I think we should uh, just briefly talk on it. A lot of articles uh, talking about how it, uh, it could negatively impact uh, the industry. Is that a concern of yours? Um, I think the late start to this season is certainly a concern for local businesses and overall economic impact. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is cyclical, however, for us. Um, it, I would be remiss to say the stone line isn't moving north. I mean, I think it's affecting all of us in our daily lives. Um, but over the last 20 years, when you look at the stats, we, we've had seasons like this before. Um, we've also had incredible seasons where we see trails open as early as December 1st. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it really does vary. And again, I think there's a number of factors with snowmobiling that are, are unique to just climate change. And that is time, money, um, and the expense uh, to participate in it. But that that high high entry point, once you're into snowmobiling, it's not like just, I'm not going to do that anymore. You have, you have the, the gear, the equipment, uh, and things like that. I'm glad you mentioned the pandemic because you're right. It's something I noticed. Like I said, we're up here in Sault Ste. Marie. In the height of the pandemic, I saw so many people snow machining. That yeah. was the one because you're right. It was the one thing kind of people were allowed to do. Do you have numbers on how many people bought snow machines or just became involved in the activity during the pandemic? I don't have any exact numbers, but I would say, you know, from a, a permit standpoint, we did see double digit growth. Um, and, and certainly that could be attributed both to new snowmobilers, folks that perhaps had extra machines laying around and they had more time. So more members of their family could participate. Um, but it, it was an awesome time, if, if I dare say that, about the pandemic, to see. Well, we're going to quote snowmobile. you on that, Lisa. The pandemic <laughs> was awesome, Lisa said. In other aspects of my life, I might not uh, say that, but certainly uh, for organized snowmobiling in Ontario, it changed how we operated. We are a very in-person um, business, but we were able to mobilize and become virtual quickly. And then to see Ontarians um, be able to ride within their local areas, you know, we had to stay local. Uh, really, it was two winters that were affected the most. It was it was really great um, that people had something to do when there really wasn't anything. 
Uh, Lisa, like many sports or, or recreational activities, we want to uh, get kids involved at a young age. Uh, are there courses, uh, whether it's safety courses or, or other snowmobile-related courses that uh, young kids can enroll in uh, to learn more about uh, uh, the industry itself? Yeah, and it's actually more than that, Scott. If you are uh, 12 years or a, 12 years or older, sorry, um, you actually are required to have a motorized snow vehicle operator's license, short form MSVOL. Uh, so anyone once they're 12 can go online, take the uh, online driver training course and uh, receive their MSVOL upon completion. Now, they aren't able to fully operate, and that's all specified in the uh, Motorized Snow Vehicle Act, uh, the same way you or I might with a G license. Um, but it allows them to get out with their parents on their own machines and, of course, uh, learning from, from the best and learning to ride with care and control and follow all of the safety. For adults looking to get into the sport, tons of resources uh, on our website. We've got our own tips. Uh, ISMA has put out the, the Safe Riders program. Uh, so lots of things you can do and also always encourage folks to ride in groups uh, and and not solo. Speaking of safety, I just uh, the other thing, again, we live in the north. We often hear the few tragic stories a year of a rider going through the ice or something like that. What are the guidelines or advice you guys have around that? Like, when is it okay to ride on the ice? This is what I've never understood. I'm also from southern Ontario, so maybe that's my problem. But what are the – do you guys have advice for people on how to handle and navigate the ice? Uh, well, certainly I can speak to uh, OFSC prescribed trails on ice. You mm. want to stay on the state trail. And, again, it goes back to that ITG. I probably sound like a bit of no, a – No, no, it's good. Um, but you would want to avoid any trails on waterways or otherwise that are showing as red. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only are you trespassing, there's likely safety reasons for it. Uh, so certainly that is your best option. I know the OPP have some messaging around local um, ice reports and things of that nature, but we really focus on that. That is the trail available. Um, and we, we count on our clubs and districts to make sure that uh, everything's in place before they do that. And you have how many clubs in the province? Uh, 181 snowmobile clubs. That's amazing. That is amazing. So yeah. do you ride, Scott? Or you're, you're <clears throat> I did as a kid, uh-huh. uh, but I haven't uh, – I, well, I took up golf, so <laughs> – <laughs> you can't golf in the winter. I cannot golf in the winter. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't been on a snow machine uh, in uh, in several years. But I did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just tied in nicely to ice fishing. And, and again, when you live in these parts, right, that's uh, you either embrace winter yeah. uh, or you can sit and pout for six yeah, months. Yeah, you so. lose your mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lisa, is there anything else important that you think our listeners should, should need, to, that they need to know heading, in, uh, heading into well, this just, season? Just- for Scott, he should probably connect with his local snowmobile club. <laughs> it's a great way uh, to get out, meet people, and get reintroduced uh, to snowmobiling. Um, but certainly, you touched on something about the six months sitting inside of winter. Uh, Ontario snowmobilers, they own winter. Um, and, and truly own it in a way like like no other group does, whether it's our volunteers out, you believe it, they're out staking and, and doing things in this cold temperature uh, to get these trails ready and, uh, yeah, own the winter. There, there's no better way to do it. Well, I can tell you, uh, Lisa, that uh, just north of the uh, city, Environment Canada issued uh, snow squall warnings today uh, with the possibility of between 40 and 60 centimeters of snow. So uh, certainly north of, uh, of Sault Ste. Marie and beyond, I think uh, snowmobilers will be uh, yeah. will be good to go. Owning the winter. That's our headline. You wrote our headline for and, the week. And if That's... anybody complains about that snow, you let them know why it's so important. <laughs> and there's 100,000 people sitting, waiting anxiously for that to happen. So. We'll, we'll give them your name and number, even, <laughs> even the golfers, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa Stackhouse, the uh, Director of Programs and Partnerships uh, at the OFSC. Thanks for doing this, Lisa. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 
For the latest in in-depth features and enterprise journalism from your local writers at Village Media, be sure to check out The Big Read. The Big Read, it's the full story behind the headlines. Look for The Big Read on your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. All right, back to wrap on uh, Inside the Village, episode one of 2024. Uh, okay, Lisa, she was great. I've never heard anybody excited about the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I mean, I say that in jest, but uh, great to see that they uh, were one of few people that actually flourished. Never even thought of that. It's true. No. But it's true. I really did see a ton of snow. It's crazy yeah, how yeah. many were out. But there was nothing else going on. What are you going to do? Just randomly drive around and yeah. just see that. Yeah. So you can sit in your house yeah. and, and, you know, be miserable and yeah. kick a pop can yeah. uh, or, or hop on a sled and, and yeah. go for a ride in uh this beautiful province. Yeah. Some fun stuff. All right. OFSC.on.ca for everything that you want to know, uh, snowmobile uh, related. And keep in mind that this is Snowmobile Safety Week and do ride uh, with caution uh, and practice all of the great things that uh, Lisa told us about. Okay, we're out of here. Uh, that's a wrap uh, for today. Uh, we'll be back again next week. ITV at VillageMedia.ca if you uh, want to reach out for Derek Turner, executive producer of the show, Michael Friscalati, editor in chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Sexsmith. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Inside the Village. Fresco and Scott's Wardrobe, provided in part by Moore's Sault Ste. Marie.